Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. Chapter 3 in the book of Colossians. I love this chapter. It's one of my favorites in the New Testament because it challenges us to walk as Christians should in chapter 3. I'm not going to read all of it this morning, and, and, uh, but verses 1 through 3, it, you know, if we've been raised, it speaks of this, if we've been raised in Christ, we should fix our minds on the things which are above is what it speaks of in those first three verses. Verses 5 through 9 tells us, put to death certain things in our lives. Put to death certain things that, that, that are not of God in our lives. Mainly because they do not fit the Christian life. Now, how many believe that this morning? There's some things that, in this world that do not fit the Christian walk. And we're spending a lot of time to try to make the world fit into the Christian walk when we ought to understand it just will not fit. It's trying to like... Putting a puzzle piece. How many of you like putting puzzles together? Someone will say, well, that's a 500 piece. I'm thinking, well, I end up trying to put things on there that don't really fit well. I think that's close. And you can tell where it doesn't fit because it doesn't quite go in there right where you had to press it down and all that. Well, that's what a lot of us, and sometimes what we're trying to do, the things of this world just do not fit in the Christian life. And that's one thing about having a relationship with God. I think that it's time that we wake up to that very revelation. The reason is because they are disobedient to God. They don't follow God's will. They don't follow what God would have us to have. So verses 5 through 9 speaks of that. Verses 10 through 14, we, we are to put on some things that actually do belong to Christians. So we're to take off and put on. We're to put to death and we are to put on things that belong to Christ. What's a Christian supposed to look like? Read Colossians chapter 3. You'll find some things that you're supposed to get rid of and things that you're supposed to put on. That's why I love this book. I love this particular chapter. And then in verse 14, it tells us to put on the love of God above all things. To put on the love of God. To put on all things. Just because you're saved, you may not be loving like God loves yet. And so we're told to put the love of God on in, in verse 14. So literally, verses 5 through 14 literally is about us being responsible to change our wardrobe so that we will look and act like Christians. It's not your wife's responsibility, even though many of us guys know what it is when we get dressed, they say, hey, does this look all right? Does this coat match these pants? It's not her responsibility to put this wardrobe on you. It's not the pastor's responsibility. Literally 5 through 14 puts the responsibility to take off, put on, onto that very individual, that Christian. It's their responsibility, our responsibility to do that. And verses 1 through 3 literally tells us to change priorities in life that reflects our newfound knowledge of God and the things which are above. Literally tells us to think different priorities 
in our life to have different ways of making decisions because now we know the truth about eternity. Now we know the truth of how we're born into sin. Now we know the truth of what takes place when we're washed by the blood of Jesus. And we know the truth of what happens when we breathe our last breath. We either go to heaven or we go to hell. And therefore it tells us to literally take that knowledge and the wisdom that we have now and live by that and let it shape what we consider to be the most important things in our life. So it's a powerful chapter, a lot of preaching in it. Now verse 14 goes on and says this, it says, But all things, but above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, or that of maturing. And then we find in verse 15, and this is where I'm going to be at this morning, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. It says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, which you are called unto one body, and be thankful. The message verse, Bible, translates it this. It says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this is going off and doing, none of this going off and doing your own thing. And listen to what it says, and cultivate thankfulness. Cultivate thankfulness. To cultivate thankfulness. I like that thought, meaning one must work on being thankful. One must work on being thankful. Aren't you glad today that when you got saved you had a lot of things to work on? But that's the truth. When we got saved, we have a lot of things to work on in our life. And one of the things that we see here is that we're to cultivate or to work on is becoming thankful in our lives. I have a candy jar in my office. The candy jar used to belong to Robin's grandmother. Her nickname was Honey. And when she passed away, we ended up with a few things of hers. And one of those is that candy jar that sits in my office. And for the longest time since I've been at San Jacinto, we have ha- I've had that candy jar open my office door, and that candy, listen, y'all listen real good to this, that candy is for the kids. <laughs> Those that laugh know what I'm talking about. And for the longest time, we've had kids come by there and get candy, and, and you know, I've seen you know, Lala and, 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 and Tabor and Rebecca and, and the Downs Boys and, 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 and the Weatherleys and, and some of them, and, and even, even the Chung's kids. They weren't quite babies when we got here, but they were still a little, little young when we got here. Over these years, I've watched these kids coming in and out of my office, and, and you know, it's for the kids, and and, and so the other day, Re- Rebecca was in there. Now, Rebecca, she now looks down on me. <laughs> and I said something like, you know, you're not a kid anymore. But she says, I'm grandfathered in. I've been coming in here for a long time. So she got away from that and, and telling me how that candy jar is still hers. I, okay, the reason I put it there so I can build some relationship with these kids in our church as they grow up. Now I got little Mia and other ones coming in and, and Parker coming in there and different ones coming in. And so that's what that jar is there for. I just got to put a limit to the age, I think, now. 
But the thing about what I'm trying to express this morning, on more than one occasion, even I remember one of the Downs boys, I can't remember which one it was, he asked, I was gone one Sunday, so my office door wasn't open, and, and one of the Downs boys, I think it was the youngest one, I think, oh, is Cash, he says, I can't remember, he says, is the candy man not in today, or is the candy store not open today? That's all he seen me as, as a church, was the candy man. So it was, it, it's just been one of those things. But on more than one occasion, I've watched parents come in with their kids, and the kid will get a piece of candy, and they'll say, what do you say? Looking at me. And what they're trying to get out of that young person is to develop thankfulness in their hearts. And we all know those words. It's that developing that thankfulness. They want the, the, the child to say, thank you, pastor, or thank you, candy man cash, either way. But it's developing and, and cultivating thankfulness in that young child's heart. And we get that as parents. We understand that we need to develop thankfulness in a child's heart. It's not something that comes natural. It's not something that's going to be, especially in this world that we live with so many material things, it's not something they're just going to wake up and say, Mom, I am so thankful for this house or Dad. I'm thankful for all the clothes I've got. Dad, I'm thankful for the food on the table. It just doesn't come natural. So we as parents try to teach and cultivate that into their hearts. Let me ask you this morning, is it any different for you and I as children of God that we need to have thankfulness cultivated inside of our hearts to be thankful unto God? Because see, it's the same thing. Because see, we are still children. And our Heavenly Father is there. And we are still in the process of becoming who God wants us to be. And inside of us are things that have to be cultivated, developed in our Christian walk. And one of those things in this passage of Scripture is thankfulness. Is that we cultivate that and have that inside our heart. How many of you believe that God is pleased with a very thankful heart? How many think God blesses a thankful heart? And so it is something that we need to work on and to develop is that thankfulness within us. See, thankfulness comes from a time of reflection that yields understanding and appreciation of what we have. Thankfulness comes from a time of reflection that yields understanding and appreciation of what we have. The New King James and the King James gives the command to be thankful and it's connected to the rest of the verse with a semicolon which makes it related in thought and also not only thought but in rank. In the verse that we read it's connected by a semicolon and it makes it connect with that thought of the previous words but it also has the same rank as let the peace of God rule in your heart. So we have all this verses connected together so we find the command to be thankful is tied in with the thought of the rest of the verse. With this in mind, we can say this. Thankfulness is derived from embracing God's peace. Now, I just want you to hang with me for a few moments. You're saying, well, this isn't Thanksgiving. Uh, yet. Yeah, I'm just one Sunday early. That's what happens when you go on a cruise. You forget the time. Literally, I'm going to preach another message next weekend that will tie into this one. 
And so here we are in this. The first thing that we find is our thankfulness is derived from embracing God's peace. When we start to think about, remember I'm talking about reflecting upon what we have and, and appreciation of what we have. And sometimes I believe we go through life as Christians, we don't appreciate what we possess that the world does not have. And we have things that the world cannot claim. We have things that are only belonging to the children of God. That God gives us and not the world. And the first thing when we reflect or is derived from embracing God's peace is the peace with God. This is only attained by believing in Jesus, on Jesus, and the work He done upon the cross. There is no other way to have peace with God. The Bible says we're all born sinners and we're at enmity or we're at war with God. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The peace of God that you and I have, when we start to reflect upon this, when we start to think about it, I have peace with God. Hallelujah. When's the last time you just thought about that? Who do you have peace with? The, the creator of all things, you have peace with God. Just thinking about that for a moment. It is this peace that is offered by the Father and is expressed in John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is what is implied by Nicodemus or by Jesus to Nicodemus talking about you must be born again. When we reflect and appreciate can I tell you today what's being spoke there is there's nobody in the world that has peace with God. I've heard a lot of made up stuff. Well, me and God, we like this. You know, we, we've got it going on. I'm thinking, no, you don't got it going on because you have to go through Jesus Christ is what it says. The Bible says you must be washed by the blood of Jesus. But there's a lot of made up religion out there. There's a lot of people say, God, all, all this, we all going to be all right. We're all going to the same place. I beg to differ with you. We should take for a moment and thank God that somewhere along our journey, we heard the message of Jesus Christ, had faith through grace Amen. to believe it. And we accepted it. And now we have peace with God. That says I can come into his throne room. I'm going to go into his heaven. I have, I, my, there's no more enmity between me and God. But God says I'm his son. Amen. Peace with God. When we reflect on the fact that nobody else can say such a thing. The world cannot say that. Only God's children can say that. With that comes the peace of God. And I know I've preached a message on both of these things, but the peace of God. Listen, because we have peace with God, we can have the peace of God in our life. You know what I figured out about life? Life brings problems. Have you figured that out yet? <laughs> you may be going through a problem right now. And if you're not going through a problem, you're probably going to go to a problem. Price Life brings problems in our life. But here's the thing about what we can have. 
If you're like me, I've been going through, I've been through problems, and I'm going to go through some more problems. And it may be news from the doctor, it may be something or something else. But in the midst of that, my friend, can I tell you today that when we reflect upon God and the peace that He gives us, God gives us peace through those problems. He gives us the peace that passeth all understanding. He helps us to have that peace in our life. Even when there's challenges in life, there's things that you don't know, challenge in, in your faith, maybe challenge. We are never to the bottom. Really tell you, the Bible would say, well, that's the ball. That's baseball along, baseball along. Be like above my head. There wasn't no, there wasn't. We need to let God's peace in our decisions. When we have to make life-changing decisions, one of the best things is, is when you're out there trying to make your mind up, you're trying to figure to go point A to point B or whatever it is in your life, you need to get before God and you need to feel His peace inside of your heart before you make the decisions. And it's got to get rid of your own self-desires and your self-wants and let God do what He wants to do and then you will feel the peace of God in your decisions. It's not about any time you put yourself before the peace of God and then you will never enjoy the peace of God in your decision. Come on, some people say, how do you know, how did we know when it was time to come to San Jacinto? <coughs> we didn't just wake up one morning and say, hey, we're going to come to San Jacinto Assembly of God. Before that, in, in like November of the year of 2007, God released me from our pastorate at Estanet. I told Robin, I said, it's time to get it. We're time to go. I'm going to clear my library out. And I believe God's releasing it. She said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you have to look at the school system. When kids were in school. I thought, well, May, we'll just, we'll, we'll be homeless. And we don't know. <laughs> but you know, and then when it came to seeking what God would do, we had to do away with all what you wanted to do. And and then when you finally get to that point, God starts to give you His peace in the decisions that you've made. My friend, we don't just jump off and make decisions because those decisions bring rest, un, unrestlessness to you and they do not help you make the decisions that's going to help you have peace of God. That's why it says, let the peace of God rule. You want the peace of God in your decisions. When it comes to relationships, Genesis 13, 8, we have the story of Lot and Abraham, Abram at that time. They, they collected too many camels. They can't have them all in the one place, so they're looking out, and one place is really plush and nice. Abraham's the oldest. Lot's actually Abraham's nephew. And, and so they're trying to figure out how to have a peaceable, a, a peace of God decision and so Abraham goes, you pick one way, I'll go the other. Guess which way Lot picked? He picked the best. Now Abraham could have pulled the elder card and said, listen, you do know I'm older than you, right? My men are more experienced and we could take that land. But guess what he sought? He sought the peace of God in that decision. He didn't stir anything up with Lot even though Lot was greedy and we know what happened to Lot later on. But I'm going to tell you, he sought the peace of God in that decision. He was wanting them to be peaceful. So he went on. You know what God told him later? He says, I want you to look north and, and, and then I want you to look south and then I want you to look east and then I want you to look west. And he says, okay, I've done that, Lord. He says, every 
place that you have looked your eyes upon, I have given that to you. You know whose property that was? Guess who was in that? Lot's property is in that too. God says, since you have went the peaceable way, I am going to grant you all this land. There's something to make in your mind up that you're going to seek the peace of God in your decisions that God will reward you on the other side of it. God is able to take care. Remember, we're talking about bringing thankfulness up. Cultivating thankfulness. John, or John 14, 27 says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be found. Listen, he says, I give you peace. Not like the world gives you. Come on, the world's peace is shook right now. Come on, I, I long for the day that there's no war and you know, inflation was gone. You know, we don't have that. We don't have to be making a decision about the insurance thing that we're doing. It's all the, there's no peace right now in the world. But let me tell you something: the children of God can have peace through all this. Amen. You know, I, I thought about why don't we just pray that uh, 400 North Georgia and, and 210 over there will be like Goshen and nothing will touch it. That's where the children of Israel was when Egypt, and you remember when it held over here on the, the Egyptians, but nothing came over on the children of, of God. I'm saying today our peace is not like what we find in the world. Our peace, and this is what Paul says, let it rule in your heart. So when we reflect upon that, see, thankfulness finds a home when a person reflects upon the peace of God. Come on, when we reflect upon the peace of God, thankfulness finds a home in that person. The home is in our hearts. You know, the other day at the minister's meeting in, in Canadian, we went over there and, and had our sectional monthly meeting there. We were singing, and one of the songs that we sang is, When I Think About the Lord. I love that song. How He Saved Me how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost when I think about the Lord, how He picked me up, turned me around, and how He places my feet on the solid ground. It makes me want to shout, Hallelujah! Makes me want to shout, Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When I think about the Lord, it does something inside of me. When I think about what the Lord has done, it cultivates thankfulness within me. I was on the cruise Tuesday morning and, and, and we, they had meetings if we wanted to go to them. And I, we went Tuesday morning. We were sitting in this room and, and played some games and, and, and then we had a time of worship and we were singing some songs. And, and I thought to myself, it's been 40 years since I've been on a cruise. 40 years ago in 1983, I believe it was. And when I was on that cruise, I was not a saved man. But I'm going to tell you, that something happened to me that morning on Tuesday. When I had my hands up, worshiping God, and God reminded me 
of who I was 40 years ago and who I am today. And my friend, I couldn't do anything but let thankfulness cultivate within me because of what the Lord, hallelujah, let me say it again, because of what the Lord has done in my life. That thankfulness. And when we think about the peace of God, it should cultivate thankfulness inside of us. Thankfulness that just sits there ready to erupt in that service, in that moment of worship. I just had tears coming down my cheeks because of what God had done in my life. Did I shout out and preach? No, you don't do that among a bunch of preachers. You can't even get a microphone out of their hands. I just had a moment with God. Me and God. Letting God just remind me. What's the scripture doing? It said, let's think about the peace of God and let that peace rule in our hearts and let it cultivate thanksgiving inside of our lives because it is what we need. A party of pioneers on the Oregon Trail suffered for weeks from a, a, a very little water and, and grass for their animals. Most of the wagons had broken down, causing endless delays in the stifling heat that they were in. A feeling of fretfulness and futility prevailed. Optimism, optimism and cheer was gone. Courage was in limited supply. One night, the leaders called a meeting to air complaints. When they gathered around the campfire, one man stood up and said, before we commence our grief session, don't you think we should at least first thank God that he has brought us this far with no loss of life, with no seriousness of trouble from the Indians, and that we have enough strength to, left to finish our journey? The other settlers agree, after the brief prayer, all that could be heard were the cries of distant packs of wolves. There was otherwise stone silence around the campfire because no one had any grievance they felt were important enough to voice. They suddenly realized if they could be satisfied with what they'd received, they could at least be thankful for what they escaped. Thankfulness enabled them to see the mercies of God. Just a moment of reflection and a moment of appreciation changed the whole camp that night in that story. Maybe you, Pastor Olive, if you'll come, maybe tonight or this morning, maybe you're in a moment in your life that you just need to take a moment and reflect and thank God. Reflect on His peace that He's given you. That's what the Scripture was about this morning. Reflect on the peace of God. Think about it. Let it rule. And the demand is, in that scripture, is that we be thankful. That we cultivate thankfulness in our lives. Because that, my friend, will help us get through this journey. In Psalms 119, verses 15 and 16, it says, I will meditate on your precepts. Contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statues and I will 
not forget your word. Meditate. That's a word you find in a Christian walk. Take time to meditate. Can I tell you, prayer is not always about you talking. Prayer time is sometimes just sitting there, meditating upon the Word of God, thinking about what the Lord has done for you, thinking about the peace of God that God gives us, and letting it rule in our lives. And then you have what we call thankfulness inside. How did it get there? You've allowed it to be cultivated. You've allowed it to stir up and grow inside of you. If there's anything that we want with our children is they don't just expect everything and never be thankful. We want them because we know what that makes them. Nobody said it. Okay. Spolt brats. God wants His children. That's why it's in the Scripture. To cultivate thankfulness inside. You say, Pastor, I haven't got anything to be thankful for. I disagree with you this morning. We've all got something we can be thankful for. Thank God for the peace. Thank God that you got peace with God. The peace of God. It must be cultivated this morning. Every head bowed just for a moment. If you're here this morning and you don't have peace with God, I want to give you an opportunity what do you mean by peace with God? I'm just meaning, do you have the heart ready? Are you right with God? If God was to come right now, would you go to heaven? Or is your heart somewhere else? Or maybe you've made it right, but now you're not living right. You need to get right. You want peace with God this morning. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I want to get peace with God this morning. I want to be right with God. Who would say this morning, Pastor, I'm going through a difficult situation, but I need to let the peace of God rule in my heart. And I'm thankful that I have that opportunity this morning that His peace can rule in my heart. Would you raise your hand this morning? Amen, amen, amen. To you that raise your hand, I want to encourage you this morning. Let His peace. I, I, the, God's Word says, I am not forsaking you nor left you. He'll be there with you in this time and that valley you're going through. And may His peace be supplied in abundance to you. Let His peace rule. You talk to the enemy that's trying to speak into your mind. Not today, Satan. I'm God's child. Not today. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning as we pray? Lord, this morning we thank you and praise you, God. Lord, we're thankful, God, that we can have thankfulness cultivated inside of us, God, today. Lord, that we don't go through this journey by ourselves, but God, you are there with us, God. Lord, you're there with us on the good days and the bad days. Lord, you're there when turbulence is all around us. But God, we can, we can stand up like the Lord did in the boat and say, Peace be still because of you in our life and our hearts. God, we thank you for that. And Lord, these hands that were raised this morning that are going through a difficult time and they're, they're just struggling a little bit, keeping your peace, I pray today, God, that it would rule in their hearts 
Lord, that there would be no doubt that you have this thing, God, that you would give them the peace of decisions, peace in where they need to make their minds up. I pray for peace for them now, Father, peace in those relationships, whatever they may be. I pray, God, today that your peace would reign in their heart, God, and give them that peace this morning that they need. The devil has tried to steal it, but God, you have brought it back today in the name of Jesus, and they will walk in it, they will be productive in it, and they will be thankful in it, Lord, in the name of Jesus this morning, because you are there with them. I pray that you'll touch them in a powerful way this morning. We receive it, God. Oh, we receive it right now in the name of Jesus, that peace, Lord, that passive all understanding, Lord, this morning. May it be theirs, God, today. And Lord, as we reflect, God, and have appreciation for all that you give us, God, Lord, may it, Lord, cultivate thankfulness within our hearts, within our spirits, God, that, Lord, that we will be thankful people unto you, God. You are so good to us. We give you praise.